Hello. Oh, hello. Hi there. Hi. <laughs> I like hello. the little voice. <laughs> you looked at me. <laughs> Wait, is that the that dog looked at me? Is that what you said? No, I said you looked at me. I, it's kind of, I kind of thought that was the same thing. We told um, that story on here, didn't we? I think so. A long time ago. Yeah. A dog looked at me. I got excited. <laughs> and I told Dave a dog looked at me excitedly. And he and our friend Joe Draft laughed at me. It was really funny. <laughs> you, were, you were way too excited that for dog a dog looked looking at me. At, for a dog looking at you. <laughs> well, I wanted to say hi, but he was busy exercising. <laughs> and so when he turned mid-jog in... Made eye contact. It was very exciting for me. <laughs> Almost as exciting as the other day when I was stopped at a light oh my God, on this. my way home. And I like, I knew there was a car like to my left and a little bit behind me. But I saw something out of the corner of my eye, like out of the top of it. And so I mm -hmm. turned my head to be like, what's coming out of the top of that car? It must be just like misinterpreting what I'm seeing out of the periphery. Uh-huh. So I turned my head, and I was not misinterpreting. There was a Great Dane head sticking out of the top of the sunroof, <laughs> and it was goddamn glorious, because when I turned around to look, he was looking straight at me, and the look on his face was like, isn't this the best day? <laughs> this is fantastic. You told multiple people that story. Yes, uh, it was Very so enthusiastically. Great. It was so great, and I took a picture. You know... I've been looking at cars lately, and there are some with sunroofs, and I think it would be really funny if Bo's head was sticking out of them. <laughs> it would, I don't know if he would do it. I don't know. Maybe he wouldn't. I mean, he know. might. He might. I mean, he does like to He's generally stand on things. quite as tall as a Great Dane. Yeah. But he, he, he can get, his, get head his head out there, probably. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. He's tall enough. Well, definitely uh, get a car with a sunroof. This <clears> is a, a right. new requirement. Yep. This just entered my uh, must-have list. Must have sunroof. <laughs> Much like uh, tonight, my must have a gallon of Tabasco sauce. <laughs> this is my current obsession. Yes. Because you had to take a break from obsessing over cars, so now you're obsessing over tobacco sauce. You, tobacco sauce? Did you say <laughs> yes, tobacco sauce? <laughs> I did. <laughs> Took me a minute to realize that was wrong. Yeah. Tabasco <laughs> Tobacco sauce, also you, spicy you don't in wanna, a different way. You don't want to drink it. You would die. Yeah. Uh, just die. Tobacco. Yeah, like the tobacco. <laughs> that's gross to think about. It reminds me, we were watching the, those Tim and Eric clips the other day. And I'm drinking cigarettes. Spaghetti cigarette juice. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Very weird. Uh, yeah, so apparently you can get a whole gallon of Tabasco sauce uh, online. I believe you mean tobacco sauce. Tobacco sauce, whatever. <laughs> you, can get, you, can get, you can get it online for like 40 bucks for a gallon of Tabasco. But what site was it that it was like $150? Was somewhere else. It was like restaurant supply, something or yeah, other. Yeah, because those people are boning people on the oh, Tabasco yeah. sauce. They're like the first like hit that <clears throat> comes up if you just search for like bulk Tabasco sauce, which how many people are searching for that? But Mostly I was. Mostly just people who work at restaurants, although maybe not even them because yeah. they probably have a distributor. Yeah, probably. But I, you know, I refuse to pay the ridiculous prices for Tabasco. So I want a big bulk batch of Tabasco. And now I know exactly how easily I could do <clears> that. 40 bucks. It's not bad. And a gallon will last you a really long time. 
That's a ton of Tabasco yeah, sauce. Yeah, I don't think you need that large. I might I, not. 64 ounces is... 64 ounces reasonable. is... Reasonable. It's all right. It's not... It's not... <laughs> it's as, all right. It's not as fun as saying I bought a gallon of Tabasco online. It's true. Saying I bought a half gallon of Tabasco doesn't have quite the same punch to it. So you're saying you want to do it for the lols? Yep. For lots of reasons. <laughs> There's multiple partially reasons. Partially for the lols. At least partially. Okay. But But just uh, to have a gallon of Tabasco is such a nice thought to me. <laughs> I don't know. You know Maybe what? I'm very easy to please. I, there's not many you. things I want in the world. <laughs> I desire a gallon of Tabasco. A functioning car and a gallon to, of Tabasco yes. in the passenger seat, all buckled in, <laughs> safe and sound. <laughs> That's what you want. Buckle it in and put a little cowboy hat on it. Little sunglasses. <laughs> I start, I quit my job and I start making outfits for the bottle of Tabasco sauce. I refer, I refer to him as Ted Tabasco everywhere I go. This is I my cry. buddy Ted Tabasco. I cry and we have a wake for him the day that you kick the bottle. <laughs> yeah, that would take a long time to eat a whole gallon of Tabasco. I know I could do it. The question is how long it'll last. <laughs> I know I could do it. <laughs> I know I'll, I know I could do it like by well, myself. Of course you could do it. My bet is I could do it in, in a year. Yeah, I, I take that bet. Yeah. I you mean you, you mean you take you take the you take the side that I could do it. Yes. I appreciate that you believe in me. I do believe in you <laughs> and your ability to consume large amounts of Tabasco sauce. Oh yeah. <clears throat> very uh very oh yeah baby <laughs> i have a very limited skill set but that's one of the things i could do um <laughs> is eat hot sauce this davy can fit so much tabasco in them <laughs> <laughs> um uh, what else we got uh <clears throat> my door handle broke oh my god that was so weird <laughs> i was on my break at work i was about to go back inside and i always wait until like i've got five minutes left on my break and like get inside at the very last possible minute uh-huh. so i'm about to get out of my car and walk back in and i pull the handle just normal like not aggressively just a normal amount of tension and it snaps off in my hand <laughs> and i sat there looking at it for like 10 seconds <laughs> and then go well, hell, <laughs> how am I supposed to get out of my car? Yeah, right. So I uh, didn't really want to climb across the seat if I didn't have to. And I I was able to roll the window down and let myself out from like the outside. Yeah. Unlock it that way. And then last night I was telling everyone about it. I was like, yeah, I'll just have to do that until I can fix it. Hopefully my window doesn't freeze over. And then we got snow <laughs> and my window fucking froze over. Yep. So I got to work and I had to climb across the seat. That's a that's out. a that's a difficult task for anybody. I'm a fat person. Yeah, like we're fat and that's a small car. And I'm short and so I got these little legs that don't do the right things. It's, it's <laughs> I mean, even trying to picture either one of us doing this is, like, hilarious to me. It 
it had, had to, to I, it had to look so someone dumb. has to have it on cell phone video <laughs> there's someone who was like parked that was like what is this fat woman trying to do <laughs> it's like posting it to youtube live <laughs> <laughs> it's like woman struggles it's on reddit somewhere right, woman, woman struggles <laughs> hilariously to get out of car <laughs> you know what that would go on the uh, subreddit there was an attempt <laughs> And the thing is, like, I was trying, I didn't want to, like, scooch and sit in the next seat. I was trying to, like, plant my feet on this seat and leverage and yeah. push myself out that way. It, I failed. <laughs> so there was an attempt. Yeah. Yeah. There was an attempt. There were multiple attempts. <laughs> I did it. Um, I'm going to, we're going to fix it. Yeah. It, it's, the part it is, easy. like, $15 max. That's not bad. Yeah. I, I think between 12 and 15 is what I've seen. Yeah. I just have to make sure I get the right one. Yeah. Because it's like the left side inside handles are the same and the right side inside handles are the same. Yeah. So you need to get the left side handle. And then we watched a tutorial video on how to do it. Looks so easy. It really <clears> does. It just, it'll take us maybe just, like 20 minutes to yeah, do. Remove the inside panel yeah. and reattach the handle. and Yeah. It won't get, be bad. It's just getting around to it. Gotta get one of those multi-torx uh, sort of like tools. Like I love those things where you like have like all the tools of different sizes. I feel and, like uh, I want to say I feel like I have one, but that doesn't sound like me. I have one that's the Allen wrenches. Oh, maybe that's it's what the I'm yellow thinking one. of because it's a similar yeah. But Torx style. Is, yeah, Torx is a different head, and I don't have any. Maybe of those. I'll maybe I'll buy one on Amazon. Maybe while yeah. I'm getting the part. Yeah, we'll see. So, uh, yeah, so we have some handy things to do in the future. <sighs> yes. Um, Buy car, eat large amounts of Tabasco, <laughs> <laughs> fix my damn door handle. <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, okay, so the thing, the thing about car shopping that I didn't realize is exactly how overwhelming it can be. Because there's mm -hmm. just so many things to consider. And there's so many places to search for them. Yep. And not everything is listed on every site. <sighs> so you end up. There's like four places you're searching, plus you're searching for individual dealers near you. Plus yeah. you're looking for the budget dealers you didn't even realize existed because they're tucked behind a strip mall somewhere. Yep. Um, it's the it's like it's not even enough just to like kind of have an idea of what kind of car you want. It's like you also have to like know where so many places are and that their inventory is all different. Um I went down the rabbit hole over this last week. It has been just exhausting trying to find a car. Well, this is the first time you've really done I, this. I haven't shopped used in a long time. Well, when you got your last car, you got it new and you knew what you wanted because yes. it was the car you were making mm -hmm. at GM. So that made the choice really easy. Yeah. Because that you wanted that sense of pride. The most I had to decide was what trim level and what color do I want? Like that yeah. was that was it. <clears throat> but now it's like, you know, you have to become familiar with everything. When I got my car, I remember doing a lot of research, but it was one of those, like, I knew I was going to need a new car mm -hmm. soon. Yeah. But so I started doing research, but then uh, the timeline was pushed up because then I got to the point where I'm like, my car isn't going to fucking make it. Oh, Okay. So I rolled my car into a lot. I had gone to that uh, dealership the day before and basically picked out my car. Mm -hmm. um, and then the next day I had to go get a, a PA license so I could buy a car in PA because that's where I was living. Mm -hmm. And then the next day I was like, 
Yeah, I have to go after work. I I went I worked overnight, so I worked until 2:45 in the morning and then I slept until like 8 a.m. and then I went to the dealership. Talked to the same guy I talked to before said, "Yeah, I'm buying that car." And then spent the whole day there getting the car until I had to go back to work. So I got like 3 hours of sleep, but I had a new car. Yeah, right. <laughs> But I like rolled that car under the lot and was like, sayonara. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, that's a great feeling. It's maybe one of the best feelings is to take off in a new car. Yeah, it was also really embarrassing, though, because of like rolling the new car because <laughs> I parked it on the one side. And then like across the street is the actual like dealership building. Uh-huh. But on the other side is where the used cars were. So it's also where the like excess parking is. So I parked over in that lot and then I pulled over or I walked across the street to get to the, um, the actual building. So I'm talking to the guy and he's like, okay, we got to pull your car around. Uh, Do you think you could pull it in? Well, the driveway for the building was like a steep angle because this is Pittsburgh. Yeah. And he was like, do you think you could pull it in? And I was like, no, (laughs) he's like, what i was like yeah um i don't think that car can handle that hill (laughs) (laughs) that's one of the reasons i'm getting a new car i I forget what what was that car again it was a saturn station wagon oh man that is a sexy ride it was a cream colored manual saturn station wagon (laughs) wow my father bought me that car because my other car bit it, so <laughs> I have a history. I'm just like, yeah, me too. Driving a car into the ground, but I think it's a really common thing though for like young people because the car that you can afford, you is get the never car you can get. Good. Well, my first car, my brother sold to me for a dollar, oh, so yeah. right in that he had rolled that car into like a ditch, so it was like not. <laughs> we knew it wasn't in the best shape. It wasn't going to last me forever, but it got me basically through college. Until part of my senior year. And then my dad, maybe it was my junior year. Then my dad bought me um, this car and it was manual. He was like, if I buy you a manual, will you learn to drive it? And I said, you buy me something, I'm going to drive it. Yeah. So I learned how to drive it. And it probably took at least a year and a half until I was decent at driving it. This is a thing that I don't know how to do, and I want to learn to drive stick, but I'm afraid that no matter what car I learn it on, I'm going to ruin that car doing it. Mm. I mean, it's best to kind of learn on a beater. Yeah, it makes because sense. Because you're going to, like, mess it up, but also, like, you're, you're going to mess it up. Yeah. Like, it's fine. If you're just, like, learning on someone's car, as long as it's not a really, really nice car... If you just, like, learn the basics on it, you're not driving it constantly, you'll be fine. Okay. But, yeah, mine, it wasn't a bad car, but I'm sure I beat the hell out of it from grinding gears for, like, six months. Yeah. The other thing is when you're buying a used car, if you buy a manual transmission, you save a lot of money. Yeah. You get a much nicer car for the same amount of money. Yeah. Well, when my dad got mine, he um, actually replaced the entire transmission, though. Oh, okay. Because he didn't want me driving something that was going to be awful. Yeah. That way. But, yeah. And then I drove it into the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Also, driving a stick shift in the middle of winter 
in Pittsburgh. Yeah. When that stick shift is starting to die. Yeah, right. Is terrifying. Well, the hilly and not thing is like really bad. So hilly. Yeah. I would, towards the end of that car's life, I was deciding what way to go to work based on what hills I felt that it could handle that day. That's bad. Which is like, I don't know how I was determining this before I got in the car, but yeah, it was right. like, okay, station wagon, what are you up for? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I kind of, I didn't have, uh, despite the fact that I started doing research, I didn't have a lot of time to really like go through things. Mm-hmm. I was just like, well, I'm desperate. This is what I need. Right. And also car dealerships are like every five feet in Pittsburgh. I don't know if you've noticed that. Uh, I have not. In the neighborhoods, like in the neighborhoods that are everywhere, at least in the one I lived in, it's just like there were two main roads and I lived between those two main roads. Okay. And car dealerships as far as the eye could see. (laughs) It was ridiculous. I wonder why that is. I wonder why so many. I think it's just where I was located, Mm. part of the city that we were in. Yeah. Somewhat residential, but lots of businesses. All right. All right. <laughs> um, so I'm excited yes. because next Monday we're having a derby recruitment event. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned that. Yeah, I'm I'm really happy. I have suggested to a couple people that they come check it out and I hope they're able to come. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just want people to fall in love with derby the way I've fallen in love with derby. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot to ask because... It's like a a weird thing that not everyone knows exists, firstly, and then that not everyone would be into, secondly, and also it's like a hobby that is not cheap. Yeah. So, like, you just keep whittling down the people willing and able to do it. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> I can see that. But, yeah, I'm excited to meet some new people and see if we can get them into the derbs. Into, into Durban. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You got anything else? I got nothing. Are you ready? <laughs> I, I saw it in your eyes. Ready for ready for what? A little game. Oh. Would you like to play a game? I think I know where this is going. Where's it going? Is it time for Trues and Fnews? It's time for Trues and Fnews. You mean to tell me, you mean to tell me, you mean to tell me why you wouldn't happen to me. It's time for Trues and Fnews. Time to play Trues and Fnews. Everyone's playing, everyone's playing a famous game, famous game, the game that's taking the internet by storm. It's time for Trues and A Merv Griffin production. All right. All right. Uh. Trues and Fnews is a game where I've come up with two false headlines, one true or or Fnews, one true <laughs> headline or trues, and you have to sort out the trues from the Fnews in this game called Trues and Fnews. God, who named this very stupid game? In fact, you named this uh, very stupid game. God, what an idiot. <laughs> Uh, I'm excited. Uh, you have uh, clued me in, in, in advance that you have a special <laughs> Valentine's themed Truths and yes, Fnews. Yes, this is Truths and Fnews Valentine's Day edition. <clears throat> Which, incidentally, and I don't know if we ever talked about this on the podcast, but Valentine's Day is our anniversary. It is. 
is. Which is cool. We're not because really celebrating on the day. we decided. Right, because we arbitrarily decided we didn't know when we started dating and Valentine's was as good a time as any. Well, that was our first actual date, our first go-out date. Yeah. We had kind of been dating, but we weren't, like, putting a label on it. Yeah, and then right. we went out. You don't know this. Oh, boy. What but I was. I know? <laughs> Wait, hold on. This is, like, I don't know this four years ago? What? Right. I wasn't, I was like, I'm not going to go out on Valentine's Day. I don't want to do that thing. It's too much pressure. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I remember talking to my mom about it. Okay. And then you're like, hey, no pressure, but you want to go out to dinner on Valentine's Day? And I was like, (laughs) yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) No kidding. Yeah. And we've been going to Mizu on Valentine's Day or for Valentine's Day every year since. It's a nice tradition. Yeah. Uh, and then we always do something else as well. Yeah. Or generally well, we do. Well, like, this year we're doing something special because this year it's officially the longest relationship you've been in. That's right. I have never made it to four years <laughs> with another human being. <laughs> so I'm honored. That's so pretty good. We're going to go to a local business called The Brazen Brush. Mm-hmm. And uh, they do a lot of things there. But the one I've done before and the one we're going to do is... They allow you to make wooden signs, mm-hmm. and they have different templates, t- templates, <laughs> templates. Tobacco sauce. Tobacco sauce. They serve you tobacco sauce while you work on your template. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, they have different templates that they can print out for you. You mm. select it in advance, and they customize it for you if, it, if the design calls for it, and you choose... Like, they give you the sign, and then you choose the paint color in the background or the varnish color in the background, and then you put the stencil on, and you paint the rest of it, and you can distress it. There's, like, mallets you can bang it with to give it, like, a worn look, and then you can sand it, and then they put the hardware in so you could hang it. It's It doesn't even take very long. Mm-hmm. It's There's blow dryer, so you could like, dry it in between steps. It was a really fun thing I did with my mom, so we're going to do that. Yeah, that'll be cool. Yeah. I could swear we were playing a game just minutes ago. We were. (laughs) But we we started talking about our anniversary. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Saturday. I'm excited for it. Me too. All right. All right. Let's do this. All right, what do you got for me? First headline. Plan B releases new heart-shaped tablets for Valentine's Day. (laughs) Okay. Second hand line, hand line. Oh, oh what is God, wrong with my brain? What is going on with you? <laughs> Man arrested for borrowing employer's airplane to skywrite, will you marry me? <laughs> she said yes and made bail. <laughs> okay. Third nice. headline, Tinder for cows matches livestock in the mood for love. It's called Tutter. Oh, my God. Wait. One of these is true. <laughs> One of these is true. <laughs> okay. Wow. You All want right. the recap? I would like the recap. Yes. Number one. Plan B releases new heart-shaped tablets for Valentine's Day. Okay. Number two. Man arrested for borrowing employer's airplane to skywrite, will you marry me? She said yes and made bail. Okay. Number three. Tinder for cows matches livestock in the mood for love. (laughs) Did did you say what it's called again? What Tutter. Tutter. 
like an udder. Yes, but with the T, so it's like Tinder for udders. Okay, if that if that one's real, I will walk out of this room and never return. I am thinking. Number two, love is in the air. That's the true story. Shut the hell up. It's Tinder for cows. No, it's not. You said you'd walk out and never come no, back. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> no, 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 Goodbye. no, no. Come back. Baby, I come back. Baby, come that's back. It. You could swipe right there's, for teas. No, there's no way. Yes. Tutter cannot be a real thing. Tutter's real, but it actually has a real purpose. Oh, my God. It's meant for farmers who are trying to breed their livestock. So they can go on this app and post pictures of their livestock that are available for breeding and they can swipe right and left. But if they click on them, they actually go to a website that gives them further information on like the cattle and everything. Okay. The livestock. Now that you put it that way. The headline was a little bit. A little misleading. A little misleading. Because they say uh, livestock in the mood for love, but it has nothing to do with livestock love. They actually say that? That's what the headline says. Tinder for cows matches livestock in the mood for love. They were trying to gear it towards Valentine's Day. It's a little it's a little clickbaity. It's a little like seasonally appropriate. Mm -hmm. And they left in the headline. They leave out the best part, which is that it's called Tutter. (laughs) Yeah. Tutter is hilarious. (laughs) I can't believe that's a thing. It's a real thing. I can't believe that's a thing. And then then imagine the life of the farmer. Who is sitting on his couch swiping right and left on cows. Right? Imagine. I want that life. <laughs> Except it's me, so I'd be like, oh, this one's cute. Yeah, oh, no, that one's cute. And that's, you're, now you're describing using Tinder as a man. Which is just <laughs> swipe yes a billion times and then see what happens. I've told you, but I, I can't remember if I said it on the podcast. I um, downloaded Tinder once. I'm, yeah. I'm a bit of a serial monogamist, and so I've always been in a relationship, and then I'll be out of one for a little bit, and then into another relationship for me. So, yeah, I haven't dated around all that much. And before, like before we officially started dating, I was like, oh, let me get Tinder, and that's the thing. I downloaded it. I was like, oh, okay, swipe and swipe and swipe in. Swiped right on someone. They swiped right on me. I panicked and deleted the app. <laughs> so, so that guy was like, where'd she go? <laughs> like so I swiped silly. right on someone. She disappeared. You know, that, that makes... Okay, so I have never had Tinder. I know how it works. I understand it conceptually, but I've never had it. So when you match <laughs> with someone, either person can initiate the conversation, right? Yeah. So if you just went and immediately deleted the app, I feel like your account still has to be there. So he must have probably messaged you. Probably. There's probably a lot of very angry messages. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, <laughs> hey, what's up? Hey, what you doing? Yeah, fuck Fine, you, be bitch. be a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> the, the toxic men of Tinder are like, they've like, there's like a beehive of them around your dead profile. <laughs> Granted, there's only like I only matched with like one person. So. Yeah. Well, the well, yeah. Well, you swiped a bunch of them, right? I swiped. Yeah, that's true. Like so, only one swiped back by the time I deleted it. Right. But so the others might have. 
Yeah. Who knows? I, um, I don't know. Sorry, boys. I panicked. <laughs> <laughs> and then this one swooped me up. Yep. Just swooped, swooped in. in. That's what I do. Yeah. Swoop. Mm-hmm. Swoop. Yeah. There he is. I don't think I've ever swooped. Just it's a verb that doesn't apply to me. <laughs> I don't think I'm capable of swooping. You swooped. <laughs> yeah, all right. You could say you could say that if you want. All right, I will. All right. So little middle saggy action. Yeah. What? <laughs> yes. What do you have? What do you got for me? Eh, I'm, uh, I'm not excited about this, but <laughs> I found it. <laughs> So, Quality entertainment <laughs> from well, people who are mildly enthused about when it. When I looked into it initially, when I saw the headline, I thought it was something a little different than what it was. Okay. But there's an article from Newsweek. The title of it is, Hacked Sex Robots Could Murder People, Security Expert Warns. <laughs> I feel that this is a little bit misleading. Hacked sex, say that again, hacked sex robots... <clears throat> Can murder people. Can murder people. Security expert warns. But basically, it's like... How much mobility do they have? Right. Right. I think that's the part that, like, they're burying the lead on. It's like, you can't make a robot do anything more than its physical capacity allows. Yeah. Yeah. Because the headline's about sex robots, but the article goes on to talk about, like, any robot connected to the internet, essentially... Because it was like, some of these robots can lift up to 200 pounds. I was like, sex robots? And then I realized they weren't talking about sex robots anymore. Yeah. It was very misleading and confusing. <laughs> In Although barely I, an article. I like the idea that out there there's some, like, super buff sex robots, yeah. like, lifting weights and stuff. <laughs> just waiting for Skynet to give them a chance. Um, But basically, so it, robots and AI with internet access can be hacked. Um, apparently last year, some hackers hacked a butt plug called Hush. It's like a, a Bluetooth-enabled butt plug. I love that it's called Hush. Hush. It's like... For your butt. Hush your butt. It's like, pop that in there and shut up. Hush. Hush. It shuts your butt right up. Hush. That's so, okay, that's funny to me. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, it is funny. <laughs> it is funny. But I don't think, I hope your butt plug can't murder you. <clears throat> yeah, like, what do they say about it? Like, what could it? Did they just say that they did it? They just say that they hacked it, but they didn't say what they did with it? Right. I think it was, like, I think it was an experiment. Like, it was intentionally done. It wasn't just, like, some random hacker doing it. I think it was done as like a security oh like a like a white hat to, kind of thing where they like see what they can do yeah to be like is this hackable because yeah. it is true there are a whole lot of bluetooth enabled devices and things like all these devices connected to the internet and yeah. i think a lot of product like a lot of manufacturers don't consider cybersecurity when they think of this stuff right um like that lock we talked about before that like it's supposed to be like the super high tech lock, but yes. it was easily hackable and easily physically breakable. Yeah, right. Like, like even if you didn't hack it, <clears throat> you could just unscrew the thing or rip it apart. Mm-hmm. Like it was bad security in multiple ways. Yeah, yeah. You know what concerns me is like, I okay, so like that's a big part of like what I 
like try to, you know, sort of in the marketing team, like where I work, like it's a big thing we talk about a lot. It's like the smart everything, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's true that there's only going to be more of these Internet connected things. Yeah. But like it does scare me the thought of like, OK, when's the first smart blender with a camera in it? Gonna arrive where when I'm putting things inside of it, some guy thinks it's funny to hit yeah. the on button. You right? know? Like when is that gonna happen? Don't get one of those. <laughs> I don't want one. I, I don't want anything with a camera on it in my house. Yeah. You know? Like so, I'm increasingly paranoid about this kind of stuff. On a similar but not exactly the same note, uh, they also bring up brain computer interfaces. And how they can potentially be taken over by AI. What they mean by this is that, so you teach AI basically how to interpret certain stimuli. Yeah, right. Um, It's machine learning. Yeah, and the concern is that the AI could misinterpret a signal. So the the example they bring up is like, if this... Um, brain-computer interface is attached to someone and they are annoyed or angry with the people around them, could the AI interpret that into a physical action of, like, hurting that person when that's not really what the person intends? They're just feeling that emotion. Yeah, right. Um, I feel like, I don't know, don't teach it to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's not that simple, but, like... I feel like it will be that simple at first when we when we start doing things like this. Like yeah. at first, everything's going to seem simple because there's only going to be so many things that our smart stuff can do. Right. You know, but like the more we ask of it, the more we're going to have to like teach, teach it. Teach it. Yeah. It's so funny. Like Asimov, like in the the rules of, ro- of for robots or whatever, right? Like the mm-hmm. like like the, the the first rule being not to harm an, a person, right, or something like that. Like yeah. So completely ahead of its time because that's the thing we're going to have to actually think about the minute a thing can appear to think for itself. Yeah. This stuff is weird and scary in the future. Yeah. We're in the future. I get really excited about this stuff, though. Like, I really, I mean, I don't know what we're going to see in our lifetimes. I mean, like, okay, we're we're in our 30s. We're in our early 30s. Mm -hmm. I'll probably make it to 65. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. But... I, I don't think I'm going to see this grand sci-fi future in my lifetime. So it's like only stuff to dream of right now. I don't know. I mean, if you think about it in terms of the progress in the amount of time we've been alive, uh-huh. it's ridiculous. Well, it is kind of ridiculous. We've we've gone from having landline phones mm-hmm. and not having a viable like mobile phone yeah. that is accessible to everyone having a phone <laughs> in their pocket that is, accesses the internet, which the internet was barely a thing when we were kids. You know what's so interesting about the way you just said that is like the way we we can't even really fully like conceptualize anymore <laughs> what that world was like, I feel like. Like we, now we have to refer to it as there was a time when we didn't have this stuff. Yeah. Not that there was a time when this stuff arrived, but it's like, oh, we didn't. I I don't know if I'm explaining this right, but it's like thinking about it now, it's impossible to imagine. Not needing it. Yeah, not needing it. Basically, yeah. Well, it's totally different. It's so weird to think about the fact that like 
communication was not at our fingertips and there was like delayed gratification and like so much room for anxiety <laughs> that we just dealt with. Because I, I do you think about the fact that like when you were a kid, if you made plans with someone, yeah. you made them in advance and uh -huh. you were like, I'm meeting you at this place at this time. And if you showed up and they didn't, yeah, you just didn't know. But I feel like people probably didn't flake as much either because it's like you said you're going to be there and there was no way to unsay that. Yeah. You know? But I don't I don't know. I think maybe they flaked a little less, but I don't think they flaked significantly less because people <laughs> are horrible. Yeah, I don't know. I remember occasions where I'd be somewhere and be like, okay, I'm yeah. just going to wait here for 20 minutes. Yeah. And just waiting is a thing that I do not like. Uh -huh. So just like sitting in that awkwardness and discomfort, but being like, well, I can't leave because what if they're just late and they show up <laughs> and I have no way to figure out what's going on. They might just be running late. It's crazy. I can I can honestly hardly imagine it. Like every time I try to think back, there's still like there's still a phone in my hand. <laughs> I remember using in middle school. I went to the dance and I brought court. No, did I even bring quarters with me? No. I went to the dance and for some reason we needed a ride or our plans changed or something. And I had to use the payphone that was in the school and call my mom collect what? to let her know that we needed a ride. What? Where was there a payphone in school? It was an AMS. Really? Yeah. They had a payphone? Yeah. And one of the like entrances. Wow. That's weird. Yeah. There was a payphone, and I used it to call collect yeah. to my mom to tell her I needed to ride home from the dance. I kind of miss the payphone. I think we need payphones. I miss how heavy the receiver was. I miss the clunk of the change <laughs> and the satisfying hang-up. Well, you, it's... You, I haven't hung up a phone right. in so long. Have you seen videos <laughs> of kids, like... like Adult, we sound really old right now. I by know the way. adults like our like age, to those kids going to a kid and being like, Hang up this phone and handing them a receiver, and the kid <laughs> just looks at it like, What the fuck do I do with this? Because they've never done it, yeah, right. But that's why I bring this up is that technology changed drastically in yeah. a very short amount of time, yeah. And now we're putting s smart stuff in our butts. I mean, imagine in our butts, imagine in our pusses, <laughs> in our brains. Just think, I could barely imagine a time when I didn't have a Bluetooth controlled butt plug. Barely imagine it. Barely imagine it. <laughs> and we use it every day. We can't live without it. This segment has been brought to you by Hush. <laughs> Use our coupon code GooseJays to save 20% on... Like the word goose is in it. What's that? The word goose is in it. Yeah. What's our coupon? Good. I know, but I just like it. Oh, all right. I just like that the word goose is involved with the butt oh, plug promo. I, okay. I got <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, think... taste the disappointment. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I did. You know, every now and then we do talk about, like, what would it be like if we did, like, coupons and commercials and sponsorship All stuff? All for butt plugs. It's just, it would, I wouldn't want a sponsor that wasn't a really weird one like that. <laughs> I just wouldn't. I'm 
believe in sponsoring products you believe in. Yeah. So I believe in Hush. <laughs> Does everyone have to hawk me undies at every corner? Is that what we're doing? Is that what everyone has to Come do? Come on, Hush. Get at us. Yeah. <laughs> at me. Hush. <laughs> You're not on Twitter. I'm not really. <laughs> It's just a thing that the young kids say. Yes, I don't it is know. a thing that the children say these days. <laughs> not, not a Twitterer, I don't. The youngins. At me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You're just an internet dweller, so you know the lingo. Yep. Yep. All right. I think it's about time for a break. Yeah, we should. We, we're we running a little long. That's fine. That's I don't okay. care. It doesn't matter. We're having a lot of None fun. None of this matters. I'm having a lot of fun with you tonight. That's good. Yeah. All right. All right. So uh, we'll take a break, and we'll be back in a minute with uh, the main segment for this episode, as always. Stick around. Yes, we are yeah. back with our main segment. I, I don't know. I, I see your notebook. Your gnome book is back. It is. Do you mm. know where I found it? I'm going to guess in your bag. Yes. That's right. You know, I, I feel like you told me that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I am a real human. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. I am a real person. Uh, yeah, gnome book. I, 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 I had a feeling you would find it. Quigley. I had a feeling. Ooh, ooh. Moving on. <laughs> uh, so uh, I wanted to let me let me just start off what I was by saying what I was going to do this week. All right. Uh, we have had on the list since all the way back in the very beginning the topic of sonic weapons. Yes. Um, and that is something I have wanted to learn more about for a long time. We just never got around to it. Yeah, and I feel like we might have we might have covered something similar in one of our other topics. Like it might have been mentioned somewhere along the way, but not in great detail. Um, but so I wanted to look into sonic weapons. What I ended up doing was finding out a lot of stuff about sound that I didn't know. Some really interesting facts about sound and the effects of sound. Um, uh, so uh, basically what I what I want to talk about, first of all, um, is the. Uh, OK, so basically when I think of sonic weapons, I think the most common thing that most people are familiar with is a concept called the brown note. Yes. You know what I'm talking about. Yes. Which is the mythical. Unfortunately. Elusive note that makes you poop yourself. Yes. Um, Unfortunately, this is not true. This isn't a thing. Unfortunately. (laughs) Unfortunately. Yes, unfortunately. You're upset that there's not a musical (laughs) note that could just make you shit yourself at any point in time. Are you not? (laughs) 
Are you not upset that that doesn't happen? No. <laughs> I'm very not upset. We clearly see the world differently. That someone could just play a note on an instrument and make me poop. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, you know, forget about yourself. Just imagine a crowd of people spontaneously pooping. You don't want that to be possible in your world? No. Oh, my God. I don't want we're, anything to do with that. We are very different people on that It's level. a lot of poop, baby. Yeah. It's a bad yes. smell. <laughs> it's a bad smell. The people would have to clean that up. Uh, yes, that's true. Um, I think I am just, I see the bigger picture. And you see, <laughs> I see the joyous, the potty humor, outrage of a crowd of people angry they'd been oh, subjected it's to that. Horrible! It's uh, horrible. <laughs> There's so much shame and anger. There's shanger. Shanger. Yes. Oh, it's a new word you just invented. Yes. All right. It's a portmanteau. Um, I will say again, it is not a real thing. Uh, unfortunately. Unfortunately, uh, there is no such thing. <laughs> you were pausing for me to <laughs> yell um, at you again. <laughs> but but on the subject of things like this, there are, in fact, ways of using sound and sound waves uh, as crowd control and uh, and even conceptually as weaponry. Mm. Um, so we're going to talk somewhat about that. Um, you no, know I think something like this might have come up in our um, our episode about medical advancements like medical technologies i think there was something sonic related there might have been can't quite remember is it like uh do we talk about like uh sort of like pulverizing kidney stones with like uh like ultrasound or things like that like that because i think yeah that's a thing that didn't come up in um in my research for today but i believe they can target ultrasound to things like that yeah and like uh so you don't actually have to pass a kidney so you just destroy what should i write down as the topic name here uh, why, why don't you just put down uh, Sonic Sonic weapons as a... Eh, I don't know what to call this one. This is just all about sounds. All about sounds. <laughs> okay. All about sounds. Um, all about sounds. Okay, so I want to talk about uh, the two ranges of sound that we cannot hear, right? All right. So there's there's two categories. <laughs> You're already familiar with the one of them, which is ultrasound, which we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultrasound is everything above about 20 kilohertz, uh, which, which, uh, 20 kilohertz is a tw- essentially 20,000 repetitions per second of a sound wave, which is a lot. 20,000 in a second is a lot. Um, most people can hear different ranges of sound. Um, yeah. and you know, like, uh, this is, I think kind of like a thing that, uh, people are aware of now that, uh, as you get older, you lose that upper range of your hearing which is why the kids you know the, will like the do mosquito ringtone yeah like kids will you know set that that high-pitched ringtone so that they can hear it but no one else like all the, the teachers can't or things like that yeah you know? um so, i i have probably aged out of being able to hear that i bet you have because i think it's like 26 27 is when you can start to yeah. lose that part of your the frequency yeah um but basically, no one no one really can hear above twenty kilohertz, or at least most people can. It's considered like the top of the 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 beginning of the ultrasound range. Yeah, like there's there's a standard range in which most of us can hear with some fluctuation at either end, probably. Yeah. But then, I mean, and that's for like people with relatively normal hearing. Sure. 
And then um, we have outliers. There's just like little pieces on the end that some might hear higher and lower, but they don't really hear the ultrasound range. Yeah. Generally speaking. Um, <clears throat> so uh, the other range of sound, which we never talk about, everyone knows ultrasound. No one ever talks about infrasound, which is what you call the extremely low frequencies that people could also not hear. Okay. Uh, so that is everything below 20 hertz. 20 waves a second is still fast, but like significantly slower, right? Yeah. Like a very, very low frequency sound wave. Um, so infrasound has I, some... I like to think if the brown note was a thing, it would be in the infrasound range. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like to think that too. Just because... Like a rulo sound would be like real farty sounding. Well, if you could hear it, then it wouldn't be infrasound. It's, it's true. Yeah. It's true. Um, there, uh, It has unique characteristics in infrasound. Um, there's uh, lots of sources of infrasound, but uh, basically, uh, unless the sound pressure is really, really high, you don't detect it. Uh, it can never be heard, but it does penetrate through surfaces with little resistance. So... Infrasound can <clears throat> really low notes can move through things sort of like the same way that you'll be in your house and you'll hear the base of a car going by mm -hmm. that lower sound <clears throat> penetrates into the house easier than the higher noise of the music. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so so that's that's yep. a characteristic of bass carries. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, so and, and infrasound does even more than than bass naturally as a lower frequency. Um, <clears throat> I found out there is a surprising amount of dedication to researching infrasound and ultra low frequencies. They even have their own journals like the Journal of Low Frequency Noise Vibration and Active Control. Wow. There's like it's, it's, this is a whole subject of study, uh, which I found really interesting. One of my favorite things about doing this podcast and the research we do is like diving into a topic and realizing it's someone's life's work. Yes. Right, like there's people like we pop pop our head into a topic and discover that people have been at this thing for a long time. Yeah, it, it's why I never worry about finding enough information on something because there's always somewhere to go with it because there's always something to stumble on, like yeah, a whole avenue that is like fully explored by a small group of people. Yeah, right. Well, that's what I found here. I didn't realize how many like little. Little groups there are people like, you know, in interested in low frequencies. Um, <clears throat> here's an interesting thing about infrasound. Uh, at, a, at a sufficiently high volume, you can feel it in your body. Hmm. So even though you can't hear infrasound, if the if the wave amplitude is, is high enough, they produce an effect that you feel in your chest and in your stomach. Hmm. It can also be physically harmful if it's loud enough, and it can affect uh, your your heart and your digestion. So, like, even though you can't hear Brown it. note, maybe it could be real. Once again. You just can't hear it. Once again, I must stress how sad I am that the brown note isn't real. But if it was, it would be something like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because, you know, like, it does. It, like, it produces something people can feel, which is really interesting to me. Um, <clears throat> the... Uh, so other effects uh, include, like, for some people, like a spiritual feeling, like an uplifting feeling. Like people report different responses to infrasound. Mm -hmm. um, 
and the the effects of infrasound are demonstrable in testing. And this, I thought, was nuts. Um, an experiment was done in 2003 in Manchester. Uh, September 8th, 2003, some acoustic scientists from the National Fit, uh, Physical Laboratory did a an experiment where they played uh, for a crowd of 750 people four pieces of music, right? Some of the music was accompanied with infrasound, but it was like a double blind thing where... You, they didn't you, tell people. Yeah, the people didn't know and the researchers didn't know. Um, the... Basically, the, the crowd reported afterwards, 22% of them reported sensations asso associated with the infrasonic frequencies, which isn't everyone. Yeah. But, you know, a fifth of all people is like a demonstrable, you know, number. It's, yeah, that seems like it would be significant. <clears throat> yeah. Um, the, <clears throat> the, uh, so the effects they, they felt were everything from a fearful feeling to like a kind of unease or sadness or the feeling of chills. So... It's interesting because it's it's like a thing that you, we Up normally for interpretation. don't. Yeah, like we normally don't experience it. So you like kind of have to wonder like how would how would someone interpret something they almost never experience? Yeah. Right. Um, <clears throat> here's another really interesting example. Something I think is really cool. Um, there's a guy named Vic Tandy. Okay. <clears throat> Vic Tandy. Vic Tandy. It's a good name. He's a paranormal researcher and scientist. Mm -hmm. who investigated the connection between infrasound and people's experiences of the paranormal. Okay. This is very interesting stuff to me. He, uh, so the reason that he started doing this was uh, a night in his lab when he was working, uh, he, he felt he felt this an overwhelming feeling of depression and cold sweats and like dread, and he felt like he wasn't alone. He had those kind of like, haunting kind of symptoms people talk about, right? Every time I think of this, I just think of carbon monoxide poisoning. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, right. So, um, but anyway, yeah, He so he thought he saw something out of the corner of his eye, like mm -hmm. something was there, but when he looked, it would vanish. Mm -hmm. So he had this just horrible haunting experience, right? The next day, he's in the lab again. He's polishing his fencing sword, which is clamped in a vise, mm -hmm. and he notices it's vibrating. Even when it's clamped in the vice, it's like sitting there and it's and it's still vibrating. Yeah. On further examination, they find that the area near his desk has a very high trapped concentration of infrasound waves around 19 hertz, which is caused by a newly installed extractor fan in the lab. Okay. So... So after this point, he and uh, his collaborator, Dr. Tony Lawrence, are the first people credited with linking that particular frequency to feelings of the paranormal and ghost sightings. That becomes oh. like his life's work, essentially. And I wanted to quickly say, because you mentioned when you're talking about the study, it, that it's interesting to think about like what feelings are associated with these with infrasound that we don't experience. I want yeah. to point out, we don't know we experience it. Yeah, right. Like, we could be, because it could be something like that. It's like something causing yeah. this. But we have no way, as, like, lay people, to know that there's infrasound happening because we can't hear it. And right. not like we have a tool to measure it with. And that's the other thing is, there's a ton of natural sources of infrasound. Tons right. of them. 
Um, so uh, <clears throat> an abbreviated list uh, from the uh, in an article that uh, the abstract of an article in the Journal of Acoustical the bleh, okay let me try that again an abstract of an article in the Journal of the Acoustical Society of America. Uh, okay. The, the, the article is entitled Naturally Occurring Sources of Infrasound by Alfred J. Bettard, and he lists uh, among natural sources avalanches, earthquakes, geomagnetic activity, meteors, ocean waves, severe weather, turbulence, and volcanoes. Okay. Like stuff that's essentially happening like all the time. Yeah. Especially like ocean waves, weather which are happening stuff, yeah. all the time. Um, all this stuff can like generate infrasound. Naturally, that we can't hear. Are you all right? <laughs> I'm just chilling. Oh, yeah. It is a little chilly down here. Um, so, um, <clears throat> Dr. There's, a, there's a guy named Dr. K. Ming Lee, who is an accomplished mechanical engineer and acoustics expert. Uh, in an interview with the Great Lakes Bulletin News, he said, Riding in automobiles exposes drivers and passengers to infrasound at up to 120 decibels. Hmm. Uh, jet engines, helicopters, and large rockets generate infrasound at around 115 to 150 decibels. So what is the the volume, I guess, at which it can be harmful? Uh, so it has to be very particularly high, uh, much higher than the, the... Than the normal ambient Yeah, exposure. much higher than... Exactly. Uh, it has to... I can't remember the specific number. I want. I, I don't want to make a claim because I can't remember exactly what it was. All right. But it's 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 pretty high. It has to be very concentrated. Um, so uh, another noteworthy example of infrasound and something I wanted to talk about because it's another thing that most people are familiar with is people who complain of headaches and other adverse symptoms due to their proximity to wind turbines. Okay. So <clears throat> this is, I mean, this is a popular enough claim that like anecdotally I knew about it, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, the proponents of this idea call it the wind turbine syndrome. I've I've heard that they're actually <clears throat> quite noisy. I never thought about the fact there could be yeah like frequencies that we can't hear that are also like disturbing <laughs> to us. Yeah, well that's yeah that's the thing is so as they get better at making wind turbines, you know, like the the ambient noise they generate has gone down a lot. Mm -hmm. A lot of the older turbines are particularly noisy. Yeah. Um, the proponents of this syndrome, uh, they, they allege a lot of things which have not thus far been proven, mm -hmm. which I think it's important to note that this is not a thing that is. It's not. It's not demonstrated to be a yeah. syndrome. It's just kind of a, a working theory to explain right. the way people feel. Um, basically, those people claim that wind turbines can cause death, cancer, headaches and other things, which is, of course, you know, like. You, you can you can connect imaginary dots between a lot of things. Mm -hmm. um, there's no evidence of that. Um, <clears throat> but as regards the connection between wind turbines and any kind of actual disorder, there's... They can make you think that they cause death, <laughs> cancer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wind turbines can convince you that they gave you cancer. Yes. Yeah. Um, no, but so there's a, another article. I found a paper uh, called Health Effects and Wind Turbines, a review of the literature by uh, two researchers, Knopper and Olson. They concluded that while wind turbine uh, annoyance is definitely a thing, <laughs> uh, complaints are much more statistically connected to visual impact, attitude toward wind turbines and sensitivity to noise more than anything else. Yeah. So. So the the. 
uh, infrasound is right probably less significantly the cause of these issues. Like what's most likely to be happening is things like people are particularly sensitive to noise and they get, they're not sleeping yeah. or they just get tired of hearing this noise all day. You know, rather than anything that is causing any direct health effects. Yeah. I get that. So I thought I would, you know, would throw that one out there. I don't like noise either. <laughs> I don't think I would want to live under a wind turbine. No. If they're as loud as people say. Loud noises make me angry. Yeah. One of the reasons I'm not having kids. <laughs> <laughs> kids make loud noises a lot. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and if, at random. if you know... That that is a trigger for your anxiety and that the way you express that anxiety is through anger and frustration. Maybe you don't have children. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or at least think really hard about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why would I subject myself to that? And why would I subject a child to my shit reaction to them just (laughs) existing and doing what children do? Just pictured you with a kid and the kid is screaming and you're screaming back like exactly the same. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Loud noises. They're not uh, they're not comfortable. Um, so anyway, so I said, that's great. All that about infrasound is very great. How do we weaponize it? <laughs> right? Of course you did. <laughs> Which is a, it's like something that people have considered for a while. Um, mostly, you know, the work of uh, science fiction more than anything. Right? Yeah. Um, I said, now that we know what infrasound is, how easy is it to turn it into a weapon? If you're asking yourself this question, congratulations, you're in the same group as Adolf Hitler. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because that... (laughs) Because that's a a classic uh, weird Nazi weapon experiment. I don't know why that's so funny to me. (laughs) It shouldn't be. Uh, (laughs) Congratulations. (laughs) Yeah. You and Hitler together and Hitler. again in the same group. <laughs> I also wrote shame on you. Um, Hitler did have a lot of weird ideas. Yeah. He was very into the science kind of. Like bad science sci-fi bad science weapons. ideas. They, you, the Nazis had a lot of like strange <clears throat> things they wanted to – like weird weaponry ideas and like, like strange – Things they did to people, obviously, and their science was very bad. Um, yeah. And arrived at typically by brutality and cruel means. Um, yeah. It was like people who don't actually know what science is yeah. decided to do the science all of a sudden. And you're like, what? No. What's, what's happening? What's, it's like it's like if you like gave like a, like a kid unlimited money research and power and be like let's make a rocket out of spaghetti <laughs> like except like more evil yeah much more evil but you, <laughs> you get my you get my idea yeah just like they just whatever seemed cool or metal to them was never seemed metal whatever seemed metal to them ah yes yeah. so when adolf hitler was like let's do this it's very metal <laughs> that's not a german accent no it's not <laughs> I don't know what that is. Why did I attempt that? I'm not good at accents. Someone tell me what kind of accent that was, other than horrible and probably offensive. I mean, yeah, let's roll with it, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's canon now. Uh, that's what Hitler that's sounds what like. That's what Hitler sounded like. Um, sounds like he's still alive, also, in our head canon. <laughs> Somehow. This is weird. This is too much about Hitler. This is kind um, strange. So I'm going to note uh, that uh, some of the information here I got from an article uh, in Motherboard called A History of Using Sound as a Weapon. 
Um, the, the, the article referred to um, a number of things. Uh, the most relevant one here is this sort of acoustic cannon, which is something that the Nazis were attempting to design. Um, it's, it would create essentially a thousand explosions per second inside of this chamber, which was also like pointed at or like targeted at uh, like a target in the distance. Mm-hmm. And then the sound is also like focused using these reflector dishes. Oh, yes. Focused. Focused to towards these like towards a target, like it's reflected inward to target a narrow range. Right. Mm hmm. I didn't think this was a thing that ever physically existed, but but it apparently it did. Hmm. <laughs> apparently this actually existed. They didn't manage to make it lethal as far as I could tell. And it was never actually used in battle, but it would rattle your kidneys at like 50 to 200 meters. Wow. Yeah. And apparently it could make you puke even as far away as 400 meters. Wow. Right. I'm surprised they didn't use it. You know, it, my guess is it was probably really impractical. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, and, I, and, and I'm not even certain. And if you know, the effects are just like making someone vomit, might yeah. not be worth it. I mean, you'd really, like I said, they, I don't think they managed to make it lethal. Yeah. Um, I couldn't find any evidence of anyone killed if by this thing. If you could, though, that's like yeah. ridiculous. The other thing is, like, I was as I was reading this, I was just thinking, like, and I, it, I could do more research to have a better answer to this question. But my thought was, okay, well, I didn't find any evidence that it was lethal, but I also don't like, really have any evidence that this actually, like, I don't know the difference between they managed to do this and someone told their boss they managed to do this. Right. Do you know? Right. Because I, I kind of, like, get the sense with a lot of that stuff that, like, Nazis are not really great about like waiting and being patient for your awesome new death ray they want it right now they what you're saying is they might not do multiple tests like the scientific yeah way and also like they're not duplicating the results to prove that it's like a thing and and I, i just think they don't take very well well we haven't figured it out yet you know, yeah. so someone's probably going to fib every now and then to their immediate superior uh, so as not to be like yanked away from the project or whatever. So I don't know. That's I know that's not that's that's not me making that claim. I'm just saying, <laughs> who knows? They're going to like say something apologetic. Like, you know, that's not fair <laughs> no, to the Nazis. No, no, I mean, to make those assumptions. It's, it's going to be like, it's fine. <laughs> it's not fair. To, it's not fair to the truth for me to assert that that's right. what happened. But I'm just saying, who knows whether this thing existed or not, you know? Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, Cause it does seem kind of sci-fi to me, even, even with what I read, I still, I'm not totally sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to uh, talk a little bit about modern acoustic weapons. And there's really just kind of like one category that I want to talk about a little bit. Um, they're primarily used for crowd control and they do not involve infrasound. Um, they they involve actual audible sound, right? Okay. Uh, some of the companies that sell these things make it pretty clear in their literature that this is not a weapon. Um, I don't see much of a difference between making something so loud that it causes physical pain and a weapon. Yeah. You can call it a deterrent if you want, but I kind of think it's a weapon. Well, Uh, it's the same thing of like, you could say the same thing about a taser. 
Sure, right. It can't kill you, but it's still a weapon. Yeah. You it, could say it's a deterrent or it's a, a defense yeah. device, but well, it's, it's like, a I, weapon. I think, mace, I think mace is a weapon. Right. You know? Right. You, we can brand these things multiple ways, but it, it is yeah. what it is. If it can cause people pain. If and, it causes injury, it's a weapon as far as yeah. I'm concerned. But they don't like yeah, – of, of course, that's like really, I think, bad PR for them. Well, of course, this is all marketing. Right. Um, so <clears throat> anyway, there's uh, there's a few examples of them, uh, but they basically all go by the name Long Range Acoustic Devices or LRAD. Um, they were first deployed as crowd control. They'd been around, but they were first used as crowd control in the U.S. in 2009 in Pittsburgh. OK, uh, during there was a, there were protests during the G20 summit. Um, so. They, you know, they were they were rolling it through the streets. Uh, you know, this it's, it's it's basically like a big Humvee looking thing with a guy behind like a, a dish on top. Speaker on it. Yeah, it looks like a big dish, mm-hmm. like a big sort of reflective dish. Um, and if you can find it, and I didn't note the link, if you can find it, I recommend watching on YouTube to see what this thing does to people because it's really strange. I mean, like people run from loud noises all the time. Yeah. You know, that's like a thing. We talked about the fact that they're <clears throat> unpleasant. Right. But these are like people who are very intent on being there because they're protesting. Mm-hmm. And when the sound, if you can find the video, when the sound is triggered, people just all like duck and run. Like it's it's so strange to see. Um, um, now, in the video, is there sound? Can you hear it? You can. Does you, it have the same effect or is it? It doesn't have that effect through your speakers because you know, it's, it's quieter. It's not the same, and it's you know you're cutting. I'm a lot assuming of volume out. has a lot to do with this. Yes, this in particular is about volume. So because it's like a frequency you can hear, um, it's not it's not like the kind of thing where you would just feel a sensation and not know what it is. Right. Um, it creates like audible sound way above the pain threshold for like most people. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can find the video, it's really like I said. It's, I think it's kind of creepy to just watch as it. It basically makes a sound that sounds like an alarm, like when you like when you an alarm is triggered in a, in a shop, you know, and you hear that wow 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 wow. Kind yeah. Of thing. Um, but it's really creepy to see it. Um, yeah, that that is kind of weird just to think about, like a basically universal response to something. Yeah, I, I kind of think it's like. It's like another you want to talk about like sci-fi things, the image of like people just kind of like falling into a crouch position and holding their heads like. Yeah, it's creepy. <laughs> it's creepy. It's um, it's like what you would see if like someone was using mind control in a movie and then just right. someone like crumples. Oh, I keep thinking of like the air horns. Like if anyone's ever blown an air horn too close to you and you're just like, fuck no. Yeah, like it's it's an uncontrollable reaction. You will you will just jump. You right. Know? Like your shoulders swallow your chin. You just like, <laughs> In an attempt to pull your ears inside your right. body. <laughs> I'm trying to make them vestigial organs to avoid the sound. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, they used it in Pittsburgh. Um, it was also used during uh, – the Occupy Oakland and Occupy Wall Street protests, um, in particular, when they uh, like uh, uh, cleared the people part or all camped out at Zuccotti Street or whatever it was, Zuccotti Place. I, I can't remember, but the main hub of Occupy Wall Street when they cleared that they used these dishes to hmm. evacuate people. You know, um, 
It's also, it has a practical purpose. Like it exists for a reason, which is to loudly amplify like a message to a crowd. Because okay. you, you can essentially communicate over very long distances with these devices. Um, interestingly, they, I didn't write this down, but this was used uh, by like ships off of our coast. or uh, Yeah, it was, uh, was it our coast. It was used basically to deter pirate ships. Uh, by like uh, like Coast Guard vessels, right? Okay. So like target like messages at like a pirate ship and they turned around like it has practical uses. Um, communicating over really long distances pretty effectively. Okay. Um, but then, yeah, like I said, it's also so used it's like, for this. So it's like a, a a specific way of amplifying the sound that doesn't distort it. Yes, that's the argument. That is, makes the message clear at such a high volume right because like a bullhorn for example or something like that you know it always gets echoey and hard to understand and you know yeah. like, you know like even if uh people want to be like obedient to the commands issued to them they can't often hear them right yeah so this is an idea the, the idea behind this is like more audible messaging to a large crowd mm-hmm. um but it is so loud that it could likely cause permanent deafness if you were subjected to it long enough. Right. Especially if you're too close. Which is why I find it ridiculous to, like, think that this is not a weapon. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like... And also, like, you're putting this on people who are, like, lawfully protesting things. Yeah. You're potentially, like, you're driving through the streets. That's pretty close contact. Yeah. Like, you're not giving them the choice but to get away. And if they did somehow decide to stay, they blow their eardrums out. Yeah, right. I don't, it's just like I could buy that it's not a weapon until they put a thing on it specifically to make a tone that makes you hold your head like it's going to explode. Because your ears are going to explode. Right. Like, <laughs> I, I buy that it's not a weapon up until that point. Yeah. Um, this is kind of neither here nor there. It's just a, right. a qualm I had with their marketing materials because I tried to get access to their technical sheets. And uh, I couldn't find them. But oh. I was reading their their marketing page. I'm not going to say which company, but they're the big one. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. Uh, <clears throat> so last thing I have to talk about here. A real-life example of a sonic weapon mystery and the whole thing that made me want to look into sonic weapons in the first place. Um, I think it is, anyway. Yeah, I think it was. So this was... Um, an incident that occurred at uh, between December 2017 into August uh, 2018. I know what you're talking about. I at think. the U.S. Embassy in Cuba. Do you know, Maybe. Is, is that what you're thinking of? Uh, I don't know. Keep going. Okay. So basically during that uh, many months span, 24 employees at the U.S. Embassy in Cuba reported hearing odd whining high frequency sounds as well as having related injuries and symptoms, including ear pain, headaches, dizziness, and more. Uh, basically, unexplained for a long time. No one had any idea what they were hearing or experiencing. A lot of people jumped to, it's some kind of a sonic weapon. Uh, that was like quickly concluded, uh, by the news anyway. <laughs> um, but uh, So eventually, someone managed to capture uh, digitally... Uh, a, a, like a sort of a artifact of that sound. Mm-hmm. It was essentially a seven kilohertz tone. So, you know, well within hearable you know, frequency, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, could have been accompanied by inaudible frequencies, depending on what was making the sound. But yeah, 
Um, basically, it's a uh, it it it's so. You can listen to it. It's the the Associated Press had the the sound and, and released it, and I listened to it. It's kind of weird. It's a little bit chirpy, uh, and of course, like they magnified it a lot to make it really hearable. But it's like this a is strange... one of those things that probably some people just didn't even notice it because if yeah. a sound is consistent enough, you just kind of like right. don't notice. But enough people like would hear it and be like, oh, God, that's annoying. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It was like it was it was it was enough that it became like everyone was aware that there was some weird sound. Mm-hmm. Um, so <clears throat> basically no one had any explanation for what this was for a long time. Um, people had a lot of ideas. People jumped to a lot of conclusions. Mm-hmm. But it took until March of 2018 for anyone to propose any kind of feasible explanation for what was happening. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so uh, a technical solution was posed by Kevin Fu, who is a University of Michigan computer scientist. Mm-hmm. He worked with collaborators uh, to produce what he thought might be the culprit, which is essentially two sources of ultrasonic sound whose waves combine and create an audible tone, like with their interference patterns. Okay. So this is like an interesting thing about like, you know, and I don't know. So the idea of like when waves combine in the air, right? Mm -hmm. If, if waves, uh, you know, like, uh, like, uh, sound waves, arrive at each other in such a way as they like overlap they, like, amplify each other right they can amplify each other they can also like cancel each other out mm-hmm. uh and so basically in that way and uh, there's a cool video illustrating this uh the solution that they posed but basically two sources of that frequency can be positioned in just such a way that something gets expressed through them that you can hear like it actually okay. generates a sound in the air the video that they that he released showing this uh, featured uh, uh, "Never Gonna Give You Up" by Rick Astley <laughs> being generated out of thin air by two inaudible waves facing each other. That's really cool. Very cool. And I appreciate a good <laughs> unexpected Rick roll. Yeah, yeah. He Rick rolled the U.S. Embassy apparently. Also, really interesting that it can be controlled. That specifically, yeah, you can encode that you a can message. make a song. You can encode something in That's both really ends of it. That's really cool. Yeah, right. Because it, because like it, it, you could. This can happen by accident. Like seems to possibly have happened in Cuba. Yeah. But if you understand the principle, you can channel something specific through there. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really cool because in the video, he what you see is like a, a little. Um, it's like a little sort of a pipe looking thing mounted on the one side and he's holding like a probe on the other side. They're both radiating, you know, like essentially ultrasound. Mm -hmm. And then as he moves them to just the right distance from each other and his phone is, is sitting there, you can hear the audio of the song come in. Okay. Which is really funny. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I love that he picked that song. Yeah. Um, But he demonstrated that that it's like feasible. Um, which is interesting. It's yeah. not It's not a definite answer to what happened there, but it's a possibility. But it's a likelihood, yeah. Yeah. That also still doesn't explain the symptoms people were experiencing. Um, There's still not a really good answer for what was going on there. Hmm. Um, Did it go away? It hasn't been reported since. 
Um, although it did something similar happened in China. There's a similar uh, series of events at the U.S. Embassy in China. It's always a U.S. Embassy. Yeah, it's, I think it was the U.S. Embassy. Oh, boy. I, sh- I hope I have that right. I think it was the U.S. Embassy. Don't don't quote me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> have your own goose chase and go find out where it happened. Because I didn't write enough down. Uh, <laughs> That's OK. But it's a uh, yeah. It, so it happened in multiple places, which is part of like the 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 more the reason to think that this was like a deliberate thing. Yeah. I mean, I I, I get why people would be drawn to that conclusion. But also like the fact that. There's so many noises Mm -hmm. and so much electrical stuff happening that produces frequencies we can't necessarily hear or can just barely hear. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that they could just randomly be arranged and they could intersect in such a way that produces a noise seems so likely to me. Yeah. Like, well, it's also they mentioned as part of the solution, possibly what could have happened is something that's like a listening device and something that's an audio cancellation device, like spy counter spy stuff mm-hmm. could have been too close to each other. <laughs> so, so like feedback. Yes. Yeah, so like one thing. Yes. Yeah, essentially something like feedback, but with like attempting to cancel an electrical signal. Yeah. So, you know, if they, if, if if there's one signal that's attempting to like, like record, yeah, listen, like and, and then beam that, you know, over RF somewhere else. And then, or, or whatever, you know, basically if, if these devices were counteracting on each other, that might account for it. Okay. If you want to hear the really boring, most recent theory, <laughs> um, there, uh, there's some people who, uh, in Popular Mechanics, there was an article in January, this January, like last month, okay. that suggested some researchers are claiming that the sound is just that of crickets, and that they even think they know what crickets they are. And that these crickets are just loud crickets. Okay. <laughs> That's actually someone's most recent operating theory. Still not confirmed. Because, again, this is, like, relatively relatively new as an idea. But someone is currently working to demonstrate that no, no, no spy versus spy. No, you know, crazy, like, wireless magic. Just uh, crickets. <laughs> just crickets. Just crickets. Um, so, yeah, so that's a real life example of, you know, people being very concerned about the application of sonic weaponry. And what I was thinking of. Oh, what were you when you of? mentioned this is you can find all kinds of claims of uh, in some videos, even with the sound of like people hearing loud noises, like unexpected noises. I think usually it ends up being a hoax because yeah. when it's like really loud and obvious, it's usually a hoax. Yeah. Um, what comes to mind is, uh, God, what's the name of the movie? I don't know. By Kevin Smith. Which one? The one where they're in. <laughs> it's basically supposed to be like the Westboro Baptist Church. Is that but Red State? Red State. Red State. Do you remember the end of the movie? Oh, shoot. How did it end? I, I Well, I guess it's been out long enough. Spoiler for the movie Red State. Yeah, skip the next couple of minutes if you don't want to know how Red State ends. Skip the next couple minutes if you don't want to know how Red State ends. How long do spoiler warnings? What is, right? the, what is the lifespan on these things? So it, it, the premise of Red State is these 
kids go on a joyride to meet up with someone essentially to have sex with. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a ploy by this religious group to make an example of these heathen sinners, sinners. essentially. Um, It ends up, they try to escape. It becomes a big thing. The police get involved as they're trying to escape. Shit goes down. Mm -hmm. And the way it ends is that the members of the church hear, well, everyone hears this loud sound. Yeah. And they think it's... um, Like heavenly trumpets? The end of days. They think it's the trumpets. And it's just like, it in the movie, they do it very well because it's just like bizarre and real creepy and loud and all consuming. And everyone's just like looking for the source of the sound. I forget what it is. And don't see it. Well, the cool way that they end it is they kind of like, they cut the movie for a moment. So you're Mm -hmm. like, wait, that's it. It just ends with these like trumpets. Yeah. And then it cuts to one of the like police officers who was involved explaining what really happened, which was that some neighbors who were like college kids or whatever found like some kind of trumpet or something in a way to like project the sound. Yeah. And they thought it would be funny to fuck with the church members. So without knowing what was happening at that exact moment that this whole thing was going down and it's like bloody mess and guns and mm-hmm. craziness, they played these this trumpet sound over and over again. <laughs> Yeah. And just like perfect timing for them to think that they were being called to heaven. Yeah. The end of days. So you're... uh, That's what I think of when I think of this kind of thing is is that movie and like other examples of people being like, oh, you heard this crazy sound. It's usually a hoax though. Yeah, I think it's usually... I mean, who knows? Like a lot of people actually experience like auditory hallucinations. A lot of like otherwise normal people can experience them. Right. I Um, mean, most of the ones I've seen, it's like... I, I say it's a hoax because it's an actual video where you can hear a sound, but oh. it's like okay. a made up thing. Like either the video has been doctored or someone is doing the sound on purpose. And right. maybe some people don't know what it is, but someone is causing the someone sound. It's not like supernatural. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, having said all of this, there's more I want to talk about possibly in the future that will involve infrasound and some strange behavior but i'm gonna drop it for now uh that's gonna be the subject of another episode that i'm already planning on doing the research for all right um but that's it that is weird sound behaviors uh in the this has been weird sounds with dave (laughs) yeah uh i like in the mostly in the uh infrasound range but also i mean there's just so many interesting things i didn't realize about how sound can behave um, okay, so I just looked up weird unexplained sounds and got several videos, like <laughs> 10 mysterious unexplained sounds. And, I'm and not, I don't want to chance this. The source behind a mystery sound heard around the world and unexplained strange sounds in the sky and strange and mysterious sounds coming from a hole. <laughs> so this is clearly a thing that happens a lot. This is a, a phenomenon. <laughs> and we're going to go upstairs and watch all of these videos. Actually, I kind of do want to watch those. I will watch those with you. Uh, I'm interested. That's it. That's weird sound. I like it. Yeah. Thank you.
Yeah, that was fun. You're welcome. Jeez, <laughs> oh, you're so welcome. Um, Are we slipping into NPR? Yeah, a, l- a little bit. Yes. That's how I think NPR people sound. Apparently. <laughs> they talk with their teeth clenched. I don't know. Uh, so that's that. That's this goose chase. Anyway. I think you thoroughly chased that goose. I sure did. Um, and and more goose chasing to come on that. Yeah, right. I'm excited for more. Yeah, that's it's it's not going to be the whole subject, but it plays into something else that I'm going to be talking about in the future. So nice, pretty, pretty cool cliffhanger. Yes, this might be the first goose chase cliffhanger. It might be. <laughs> Um, yeah. So anyway, that's that. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, I guess we will, uh, see you next week for more Goose Chase. Goose Chase. <laughs> How many and- Have you done that like a total of like, well, I guess this is episode 69. 68. 68. And I've done it like 67 times. Next episode. There's one time I forgot. Episode 69. I know. I actually just checked my notes to see if this is episode 69 because I thought it would be really appropriate if it was for Valentine's Day. (laughs) But we just missed it. Well, I mean, episode 69 will be the first since Valentine's Day. That's true. That's appropriate. (laughs) Uh, We will see (laughs) We will see you next week. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, Dave, I just quickly wanted to say thank you for making the sounds come out of your mouth hole and talking about the sounds. Well, thank you for allowing those sounds into your ear holes and also (laughs) making sounds with your mouth hole. (laughs) Um, God, that's weird. Uh, We will be back (laughs) next week uh, with another episode. So thank you for listening. Uh, Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Goose Chase. We are Goose Chase Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, our handle is at Goose Chase Pod, and our website is www.goosechasepodcast.com. If you have any topics you'd like us to research, please email us at goosechasepodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do on the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and Google Play. Want to go on a goose chase? Ooh, yes. 